0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman joins us. Yes, he is back. So we are going to talk about some things happening within this grain market. Of course, Arlen is with FC Stone. Let's start out with the fact that another day of lower numbers on the screen. And I I like this. Before we started this, you called it the nature of the beast lately. And I think that's a pretty good definition.
1: Yeah, you know, the majority of trading that takes place these days and being in the equities or the commodities is by computers without human intervention. And I know that's very frustrating to a lot of our listeners, but it is, again, the beast that uh, that we work with in these markets. Uh, the markets still manage supply and demand, but they do so in a different way, the different behavior. Uh, with the billions of dollars behind these computers making decisions based on turning momentum indicators and signals. Some of them based on fundamentals, some of them just on the technical signals. And the other factor that plays into this is an old-time factor, and, and that's uh, trying to assess the weather versus crop production and in a normal year you know it's not a factor adverse weather years it changes most adverse weather years are drought years and in drought years they trade the risk and then as soon as the first rain shows up on the forecast they assume it's been factored in and the price collapses and we move on in an excessively wet year the the underlying basis is rain makes grain And there's not a lot of uh, history for them to program these computers on how to trade an excessively wet year, particularly since the crop condition ratings tend to be generally favorable for the plants, because the plants tend to do well with all the, and you don't see the obvious burning of the leaves that you see in a drought year, and so... The, the factors that uh, Im- negatively impact yield in an excessively wet year don't necessarily show up in those weekly crop ratings. So it becomes very difficult. In 1993, we saw that uh, the condition ratings in a typical year will be highest in early June and then will trend down into maybe August, mid to late August. And as we start harvest, then they come back up a little bit. Um, in 1993, they started kind of somewhat low because we got the crop planted, but it turned out really wet. Then they rallied into next week, so this last week of June, uh, and then they turned lower and fell sharply over the next four weeks. And I think we'll probably see a similar pattern this year, but delayed. Um so we never really did know the effects. It was still a different year because that year we were dealing with excessive wetness. But the crop planting wasn't as delayed as this year. And <clears throat> most of it got planted. And so market really doesn't know how to handle this. And and uh, it it doesn't know how to handle a story that's so prolonged before we know anything. And so it got tired of going up. You got to feed a bull every day. We ran out of fresh fodder to feed it. So we're turning lower and um, the momentum indicators are catching on to that and adding to the cell signals and amplifying the moves. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see kind of a roller coaster through the summer until we get later in the summer and we start to get an actual hard data on how many acres are planted to corn. We won't know that. Despite next week's survey, we won't know that until August and September. And what is the actual yield potential of the crop? We won't know that probably before September.
0: If I could rewind time and go back to even, you know, February, when you made the comment that this could be a very interesting weather-related market year, something we haven't seen in a while. I mean, even back in February, beginning of March, you were spot on, and we continue to see that issue.
1: And throw a trade war on top of it, and African swine fever on top of it. Wow, uh, what a combination of factors! And and trade war and African swine fever are still very much a factor here. It's just that this the weather has been so significant in the Midwest that it's kind of stole the headlines and the focus of the markets right now. Um, maybe that'll change next week when uh, President Trump goes to Japan for the G twenty meeting and meets with President c um, but for now, the, the weather continues to be the headline uh, story in the markets.
0: So how much is this weather affecting the winter wheat? We know that uh, harvest is getting underway or should be soon. But wetness has been such a concern as well as you look down into Oklahoma and parts of Texas.
1: The biggest robber of yield in wheat is heat. And a lot of people would say, well, it's disease or insects or something like that. But it's actually heat. That's why in uh, Europe, where they have a very mild climate, they get such high yields. Uh, You come out here in the plains where we tend to get hot in May and stay hot through all the, and and through June, um, and through harvest time. Um, We speed up the maturity of the grain fill period, and that takes away yield. This year, we didn't get that prolonged period of heat, and we had ample moisture. Excessively wet years, we tend to uh, see a suppression of yield. Um, this year, we really haven't seen that to this point. We've had some problems in the Midwest soft red winter wheat belt, but the hard red winter wheat crop is looking good. The early harvest results are very good. Um, the yields have been good. Protein, some has been good, some has been bad. It's overall, I think, uh, net disappointing with the higher yields. Um, but the market's starting to realize that we have a pretty good crop out there. Now, we have some dry stresses in Canada. We have some dry stresses developing in the Black Sea region, certainly in Australia. But here in the United States, it's looking good.
0: It's kind of nice to maybe have a little bit of a shining star within this grain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've got corn providing support. And we should feed a lot more wheat this year. And that's the key to the market. And the wheat market right now is trying to price more hard red winter wheat into the feed bunk. And uh, in the long run, that should help us out if we're able to do that and take some of the surplus off the market.
0: Lots of interesting weather talk already in the Fontenelle Final Bell. Stick around. We do have more coming up. We'll take a look at the livestock side of it as we continue. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. As Arlen Suderman joins us, we're going to jump into uh, cattle first and foremost. And I know this has been a topic of, of many producers. Is And you talked about how good pastures have been because of the rain. But many wondering, what should we be doing? How should we be preparing for fall? Because there's the feeling out there that those feed prices are going to definitely be higher.
1: Yeah, I, I know the cow-calf producers and, and even some of the stockers really appreciate the you were having as far as for all the lush green that's out there that we can take advantage in the cattle industry it certainly beats a drought any day, uh, and that's been good. And that's actually slowed the placement of cattle into feedlots as well as we're anticipating we'll see in the cattle on feed report on Friday. But from an end user standpoint, uh, which obviously livestock producers are end users of corn, for example, I think this is a year they need to be uh, particularly uh, wary of the risk of upside prices. As I've indicated we we won't know what the size of this crop is for two or three months, but the potential for price volatility is very significant, and so this is the type of year when we get these breaks in the market and the in the feed grain market breaks lower, we need to be looking at those uh, to allow us to take advantage of that and protect our put on some protection, some risk management against rising prices. Because if, in fact, the yields are hurt in the Midwest, as much as some of the models suggest that they may be from the late planting and from the excessive wetness, we could be looking at the potential of these computer traders taking prices substantially higher than what they are now. And corn producers, of course, would like that. Uh, but corn users do not. So that includes ethanol plants and livestock producers, anybody who is exposed to the potential risks of higher corn prices.
0: Are we going to see cash cattle bids at least try to push more positive this week?
1: Well, you know, the, the trend has been lower in recent weeks. This week, kind of the expectations are a little bit more steady to mixed right now. We don't have a clear definition on prices. We've been trading earlier in the week here of late, We seem to have broke that cycle now, and that's not unusual for a cattle on feed report week. Uh, So perhaps we're going to jump back to the old habit of trading right around that cattle on feed report on Friday. Uh, A lot of times i will wait till after the report, and sometimes someone will jump the gun and get things started right ahead of the report. Uh, But uh, generally that report, as I indicated, looking for placements to be lower this time, breaking the old pattern we've been seeing of higher placements. Um, but I, I think the market now is kind of starting to consolidate and wait to see what those numbers are. We've still got a discount to the cash market on the June futures, and they need to converge with the cash here in the days ahead, ahead of expiration.
0: Arlen, are we going to see any pressure? We know the G20 Summit comes up next week. There's talk about discussions with China. We've got USMCA still lingering in the background as well. All factors to add some pressure both to the grain and the livestock?
1: Yeah, we're making some progress with the talks of Japan. That's a that's a real positive for meat and and uh, grain markets. uh... U.S. Mexico ch- uh, Canada trade agreement looks now like it has enough support on both sides of the aisle to come to the floor, and it's expected that it'll pass. But probably won't make the calendar. The in the House of Representatives, uh, maybe not before August. So we'll have to wait a little bit longer there. But looks like it's moving toward passage. So that's good. Now we look at the G20 summit coming up, and a really dynamic change in verbiage here over the last uh, 36 hours or so. President Trump tweeting out on Tuesday morning uh, that he and President Xi of China had had a, a considerable phone conversation, and uh, previously the verbiage was that they would at least casually meet at the G20 summit in Japan at the end of next week, but it said they will have an extended meeting. That's a positive, and they said that they had agreed to have their negotiating teams ramp up talks ahead of that G20 summit. So that has some speculation going that maybe we could at least get some type of a handshake agreement by the G20 meeting. We'll have to see. We've been here before and had our hopes and and aspirations uh, disappointed, Um, but that's very encouraging, I think, and uh, so the markets are tracking that closely.
0: African swine fever. It has been quiet as of late, but we know it's still a big looming issue as we look to China and North Korea and everywhere else it's been spreading.
1: In fact, I did an interview with a reporter from China earlier today um, wanting to know what we knew um, because we get different information on what they get. And it is still spreading in China unchecked and is spreading outside of China. In fact, now Vietnam uh, reports that they have culled 2.6 million head of hogs Trying to contain the disease that's spreading all around china outside of china now and pretty much kind of out of control in that part of the world so it's still every bit of a problem and and we saw support in the hog market today because of that as china has closed the door to another canadian plant so that should help our demand um as we export more pork particularly as we get in the last half of this year
0: all right sounds good what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you Arlen?
1: INTLFCSTONE.com. We're over at Twitter, at Twitter.com slash Arlen, A R L A N, F F 101.
0: And that is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.